Welcome to We Happen to Be Trans, a breathing room for androids podcast. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Kaylee, (laughs) I am your mother. (laughs) Jen, I am your third aunt twice removed. I'm your mother's cousin's college roommate. Veterinarians. What does that make us? Absolutely nothing. Beautiful, beautiful. Starting off the day with some pop culture references. Hey, how on topic is that? Cool. Um, Shall we do the rounds? Um. Victoria, want to start us off? I think you've been stuck in the middle, so let's break you out uh, to to the front this time. (laughs) No more being Malcolm for you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, My topic... uh, mm, Okay. Well, this week is on... Want to do a a little introduction first? Oh, yeah, introduction. Okay. No worries. My my topic is on myself. I am... Hi... (laughs) I am Victoria, <laughs> also known as at Victoria underscore Maximus on Instagram, and sometimes at Victoria Maximus without the underscore on other social media platforms. But I hardly ever do anything on those. But if you find me, it'll be awesome. And if you DM me there, I might respond in a year. It'll be awesome. <laughs> little time capsule message. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. We'll be best friends a year from now. (laughs) I'm Jen Giggles, gratefully underscore Jen on Instagram. I hide from other social media platforms as well. Don't look for me there. Um, And yes, I am a time capsule of the 1990s. And I am Kaylee Cake or Kaylee.cake on Instagram. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, Kaylee Cake. I hope you can find me that way. Um, Yeah, and I'm your philosophy wizard for the podcast, as well as some other things, but nothing else matters. Um, (laughs) Nothing really matters. (laughs) And nothing else matters. All right. So, Victoria, you were jumping at the bit to get into your topic, so let's just pop into it. Ooh. Take us away. Ooh, take it away. Um, You know, actually, though, icebreaker. I have an icebreaker. Do you want an icebreaker? Icebreaker. Go for it. Okay. Sans the negative social, like, things in society around the time, um, what decade do you wish you could have lived through so we're just talking about the positives of it and and let's keep it let's keep it real brief you just got to pick one and list a couple things that you like about it but only the positives not the negative social stuff you know it, it, just let's keep it more like light oh yeah yeah i can do that one easy go say 1890s i mean get to wear those fucking dresses would be amazing <laughs> i like it um am I, am I allowed to say 2077 because that's the year of cyberpunk. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. I like it. Not going to avoid the whole downside of late stage capitalism and go with cool cybernetics and biomods. Because that's pretty sweet. I want blades that come out of my arm because I definitely have a use for that. Going to open those boxes so well. Yes. I love it. You, we, we are... We now bring to you Kaylee Cakes of the future, future, future. Yes. Um, uh, Welcome to the world of tomorrow. The world of Kaylee Cakes. Um, anyway, uh, I would choose the 1950s because the attire and the, more importantly, oh, yeah. the, yeah. the under attire, like the lingerie and stuff, was bomb. Uh, 1980s would be... Real close. Yeah. It's kind of but a toss But the 50s up. had better music, just mm. in general. Mm. I mean, you had Sinatra in his prime, mm. the Rat Pack in full bloom, okay. as opposed to, I mean. You have just given me a topic idea. We will shove it for a, fu- for a future <laughs> podcast. Anyway. 
Awesome. But you do have a topic for us today, so we should probably get into that. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so my topic this week is on breathing room in storytelling. And it's something that I, I feel like isn't done enough nowadays in shows or in movies. Um, I, I'm a really huge fan of of allowing characters to have downtime, characters that you're invested in. Um, I'm not a huge fan of long-winded, like, aspects of, like, found in a lot of books where there's a lot of descriptive scenery that ends up going nowhere or trying to pull metaphors out of stuff that is kind of bland. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't ever read Middlemarch. Okay. Uh, I've never read. I'm not a huge book reader learner person thingy but uh as far as so i'm just going to focus mostly on television and movies um i find that with a lot of the the way that you know the movie style television is gone so much of the emphasis is put on you know shock value and everything has to be epic and intense all the time and it ends up making things feel not very intense to me. I feel like I lose a lot of connectivity with the characters and there isn't enough room for there to be character development when most of the focus is put on the situations that these characters are in. I love when um, some of my favorite examples would be part one of the seventh Harry Potter movie. Um, I have not read those books, but I have seen the mo- all the movies and part the, the first part of the seventh um, like chapter is probably my favorite because so much of it, uh, it's, you've gotten to know these characters over the course of time. And then, you know, there's a a lot of it is Harry and friends having kind of downtime. They're kind of hiding there. Um, and it's a lot of it. And, um, currently one of my favorite game series is the Yakuza series. And that is a series of games that my wife and I have have been playing we've, we played zero which is the prequel one two and now we're on uh part three and we love these characters we've gotten into them uh so much and we plan on playing part four five and six so we're invested and each of these games is 60 to 80 hours long um but yakuza 3 the way that it started is literally the main character is running an an orphanage in Okinawa on the beach. And you've gone from this Yakuza dude who, oh man, the city's going to be destroyed or the city's like, or the Yakuza is falling apart and all this life-changing events to the first 10 hours of the game is some of the kids in the orphanage are being beat up at school. Talk to their teacher. Uh, Like... (laughs) Go go get go gather the kids for for dinner. Uh, this kid is trying to impress this girl. Get him some cool clothes, um, and it's really quote unquote like a lot of times what people would consider to be slow. But I'm at a point in the series where I love it because I love these these characters so much, and to see this different side of them where he's just chilling is extremely refreshing, and it's making the moments when things ramp up in the story hit so much harder because it's a reminder of what we're fighting for. It's a slice of, of the life that right. that we're fighting for in these games. And I feel like a lot of shows and movies could really put more emphasis on those downtime moments. Definitely. I think one of my favorite shows that does this excellently <laughs> is Firefly, which happens to be where I got my name from. But, like, (laughs) so much of that show is just, like, characters having time to interact with each other. And because because of that, you get these beautiful characters that everyone's invested in. And when, when things do get intense, all of a sudden, like... It's heart racing because you you know this character and you feel for them and what they're going through a lot more than something like Man of Steel or the, the DC. Um, I think it's like a very good example of yeah. doing yeah. not not having any downtime at all. Um, 
and, you know, building up these characters and giving them time to bounce off each other. And that I think that's, like, the best part of characters is just seeing how they interact together and seeing them be witty and snarky with each other, being kind and helping each other out. And just that that little, like, almost, like, little bits of drama between just people, I think, is really beautiful and yeah you're you're oh, right yeah. I'll, yeah many shows kind of skip over that and that's also i think why the last game of thrones season was very disappointing where there was downtime but there wasn't that proper character interaction um in a meaningful way yeah um but i definitely think you're both right especially in a show like you know like firefly where it's an ensemble there's i mean what's six of them, seven of them constantly on board the ship. And you have to, you know, when you have that many characters, you have to give them interaction. And you can't have it all be <clears throat> drama over who's in love <laughs> with who. You know, it's not an episode of The Bachelor here on who's going to be what, what, you know, what kind of romantic scene did we just get? No, you, you've got to have actual conversations yeah. and time to meet and talk. Um, and I, I think it's, um, I think that's where the, the, there's a series of them out there, um, similar to the Bechtel test, you know, where, where the Bechtel test, you know, gives you that, do you have two, two named women? Are they having a conversation with each other? Is it not about a man? Right? I mean, th- those are the basic steps, right? Um, I'm probably getting it a little, little off off the top of my head, but there's a series of them out there that are very similar. And what they do is they tell you, hey, we're going to have X, Y, and Z happen. You can make sure you have a better, a, a better story when you have these. And, and it, we're not just talking like, oh, let's go pull up the hero's, you know, the hero's journey, but, you know, from Joseph Campbell's work, let's have that whole, you know, holistic view of our characters as actual people. Um, and, and that's why I really dislike, like, action, um, anime, and manga um, frequently is because, it's either a stupid comedy bit in the middle or nothing but hyped up, you know, oh my God. Yeah. And, and there's, there's no, there's nothing in the middle. That's why I love slice of life, life stories. You know, they're great because it's exactly what you're talking about there, Victoria. Mm-hmm. I think like going back to Firefly, I, I think it also does a really good job of or the, these places of downtime like their downtime, but they can also be really powerful to world building and story building uh, that I think is often overlooked. Mm, like yeah. some of the scenes where they're playing cards f- for and like gambling their chore duties is like <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. It builds the world so well. And it's yeah. little things like that that really flesh out the world and make it feel lived in rather than just a set where you're seeing people fight or, uh, and you know, make it feel like people actually live there and that these people are real. And that that makes all the difference in the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that observation is very shiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the I I have yet to see Firefly, but this is definitely getting me on the. <gasps> I know what. I, okay, it. You we know, we should have like a movie night and binge binge watch it. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. yeah and and maybe even just have an episode dedicated to Firefly and so uh, uh-huh. Serenity, Serenity, oh, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's I. So- so so here here's a here's a little here's a little factoid that really shocks people. I have never seen any of the Shrek movies. Ever. That does, that's not okay. that shocking to me. It's okay. Well then you two are the perfect <laughs> podcast uh podcasters to do this with because everyone else in the world that I tell is like, What? Uh and if I said I didn't see Firefly, they'd be like, What is Firefly? So I'm in good company. Um, the the clo- the most um, analogous example that I'd probably have in that realm would be um, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Does a really good job of of um, balancing out episodes where it's like, yes. oh, I got to get my dad a, a baseball yeah. card, and that's most mm-hmm. of the episode. And 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 but then it's like, oh, the galaxy might be destroyed, and there's this overarching thing. But the, these little moments they carve out 
uh, like you mentioned, the, the gambling thing. I, I love that kind of stuff. So another huge uh, uh, recommendation for me to go watch Firefly. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. that's my topic. I, I, um, mm-hmm. I think it should be done a lot more, and people should be less eager to to call things slow or boring if they're not constantly jamming epicness in your face. Yeah. That's my call. Yeah. Definitely. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Um, Why don't you go next? Because I'm going to yep. tie in after you with my okay. topic. Okay. Okay. And I think my topic is pretty short since it's just it's just a, trailer, <clears throat> a little... A little short little trailer. Um, and that is the trailer for Westworld. Um, and that is season three of Westworld, which I am so excited for because Westworld season one is like one of my favorite episodes of television. I guess it's television. I never watch it on TV, but you know, <laughs> right? of those like those oh what 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 have they been called? Those like big TV shows that are basically like movie hour-long beautiful episodes like game of thrones um and yeah yeah. yeah, and so it's it's a show like that and it's beautiful and the first one the first season really explores a lot of philosophical ideas and really interesting like cyberpunky ideas because the whole idea is that it's like a theme park of androids that are programmed to mm-hmm. basically act out a Western civilization that people can come in and live out their Wild West fantasies, which are often really uh, creepy and awful. So, like, murdering <laughs> people haphazardly yeah. because that's the West that we like to romanticize, um, which isn't realistic at all. That's no. <laughs> not, not, not at all. Um, but that's, that's you know... I. I mean, that's also part of it. And so what really gets me, and I guess I should start, the second season I'm not as big of a fan of, but um, with season three, I'm really excited all of a sudden because the whole setting kind of shifts a bit. And instead of being in this, like, Western park with some, like, cyberpunky um, sci-fi elements within the West world theme park instead we're getting like the outside this time the world around it and it looks so cyberpunk and mm-hmm. like like um it's got that really um oh like corporation cyberpunk type the, of the style it's the... like yeah so it's like the machines are really slick and they've got drones and that and it it just i love the look of like the robots in it and just the technology and i think I think what happened was they sort of realized that they were wearing out the story stuck being stuck in the theme park. And so I, and that's where I think season two maybe wasn't as strong because they weren't quite sure what they wanted to do, but it seems like they were like, okay, let's scrap this. We're, we're done with the West world side of it and we're going full blown sci-fi and we're going to do what we want. And that that gets me so excited. Um, and yeah, I I just want to see more cyberpunk TV shows. I've heard um, one of the podcasts I listen to, um, they're a little divided. Uh, some of them have said, mm-hmm. oh, ca- kind of what you said. This season one was yeah. one of the best things ever. And then it went downhill season two. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard mixed things, but you're really kind of <laughs> selling me on this, uh, mm-hmm. this show. Okay. And I am a fan of of android based stories and i mean Mm -hmm. the first the first episode of this podcast we talked about a music video dealing with you know androids and all that yeah yeah um so i'm definitely interested and i like the Mm -hmm. idea of them breaking the mold and doing what they want some of the best shows of all time have come out of um just Mm -hmm. you know writers being given free reign to do something unique and different than what was originally um yeah decided yeah yeah exactly it it sounds Um, like uh from what you're saying from the from the trailer that you watched and and what you're excited mm -hmm. about is they're kind of moving beyond westworld and into that that Mm -hmm. future world from the original movies concept where it it went beyond Mm -hmm. just this theme park where the you know sheriff went crazy and started killing people to 
this world that was beyond um, the scope of that original concept. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I, I'm really hoping that we get some more understanding of the technology outside of the park and all that sci-fi goodness, all those Black Mirror technologies that are slowly destroying our society and that. Oh, I, I, I'm excited to see where they go with it. And I mean, it, it might also flop as well. Uh, if it continues to go downhill, but at least it looks really good. So one of the, I'll, I'll watch it for the robots. Yeah. So one of the questions that I have for you then is, is if they do, you know, break free and go down this road um, with, I'm assuming with the characters that have been around since season mm -hmm. one, at least some of them, um, yeah. what do you see season one, still holding relevance other than just getting you on board with mm -hmm. these characters is the western oh, aspect or I the just... western plot and those characters um gonna still be paramount and part of the base and foundation of the show yeah um i think the themes explored in that first season are going to be extremely relevant uh going into season three um since a lot of it is like like if if a robot thinks that it's feeling pain, is that essentially the same as the robot feeling mm -hmm. pain yeah. type of things? And and how should we treat robots that can think they are in pain? And are they thus in pain if they feel like they're in pain? Uh, type of thing. Um, yeah. And I like that's going to permeate through the show for a long time. Especially, it seems like the third season is going into a bit of like an android civil rights or rebellion type of thing area um and i think so i think it's going to explore that much more and also kind of now now that we've established that these robots like we we care about them now and they're people in their own right and as the audience yeah. we've grown attached to them i think that's a very key part to kind of humanizing them and and then exploring that uh, now that they are sort of humanized and so and just beyond that like the first season is so amazing that just from a storytelling perspective it's amazing in its own right and worth the watch even just for the soundtrack that <laughs> is amazing like just watch like the intro like theme it is freaking gorgeous okay yeah yeah okay that's right. you know what i'll take it <laughs> sold yeah okay we we should like uh just throwing out crazy ideas here but we should like pick a show or something to like and we can like go through episodes or something we could even like stream watching it together or something uh i want to do that like, with euphoria mm-hmm you know, I, I realize that's a trans topic and we generally avoid it, but it is all over right now. Everybody's loving it. Hmm. So I kind it's an HBO show. Um, I'm definitely going to be, you know, watching a few episodes here over the course of this week. Um, and or should say two weeks because that'll be when I'm back. And I'll bring I'll, I'll bring in some something on that because that's Ooh, OK. Yeah, okay. I haven't heard of it. I'll have to look it up. I like the idea of of. If if Kaylee, if you would be willing to rewatch some Westworld since Jen and I haven't seen it. Oh yes. That, oh yeah. That's on that, HBO. I can watch that. Yeah. And I like the idea of us streaming it together. I think that's really cute. Um mm -hmm. that's how that's how my wife and I had our dates when she lived uh in Colorado. When uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we used to we used to pair up. Yep, that's that's the reaction. Uh, I, we we used to pair up movies on Netflix, and or we'd rent movies, and you know, uh, ready to yeah. press play. Okay, three, two, one, go! And you know, we'd have popcorn made. We'd take pictures of our attire and and uh, yeah. text them to each other Aww. and be like, "Ready for yeah. my date?" Da da da. Yeah, I don't know. It was yeah, it's cute. It'd be so fun. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely we could definitely see about doing something like that. Maybe start with a movie first, so that we're not doing like a whole. Yeah, yeah. TV show because <laughs> that might go a little long. But also, gosh dang, I would love to West watch Westworld with both of you. Like, that would be I'm cool. Yeah. So so down. Same with Firefly. Just okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's put them on the docket. 
I'm game. Gonna grow that to do list. I mean, have either of you watched Farscape? No. I've heard amazing things, but I have not. All right, we'll we'll talk about that one as as a as the third option here as we go along. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So, do you want to tie in then? So tying in with you, Kaylee, looking at Ghost in the Shell. Now, obviously, you could spend you know seven or eight episodes discussing the movie, you know, the two movies, the um, standalone complex seasons, and what has been released for um, Arise, the the five or six move, um, OVA for, for Arise. Um, I forget how many there are now. I haven't seen them all. Um, <clears throat> but to tie in, um, what you're saying is regarding androids and sentience. Um, my favorite s- spot in that for, for is the Tachikoma is standalone complex. (laughs) They are characters in their own right. They are treated as basically people by the members of the team. Um, Even though, like, they swap bodies constantly. Like, they'll download themselves into another body when the one they're in gets nearly destroyed. Um, They, you know, they, they... they make choices, and one of my um, one of my obsessions with, with standalone complex is the music. Um, it comes from my favorite uh, composer Yoko Kano. Um, she's just amazing, uh, and I could do a whole topic on her. So one of the songs in there is "Be Human," and it's off the Tachi Koma CD. So all the music on this CD relates to the Tachikoma from Standalone Complex. And it's, if I could be more human, you know, scratch a spider bite, um, you know, break it, you know, maybe break a knee, pet a kitten. These are things that all happen to the Tachikoma in the, in the show, but they don't feel it. So if I could just be more human and it is, it is a very fascinating and interesting little um, thing that they do and have regarding the, um, you know, the, the, their, their desires and their wants because they have desires and wants and they start painting themselves different colors and they move from speaking with the exact same voice to having like four or five um, voice actors um, doing them across the course of the series. And, and it's so subtle and simple. It, it's amazing. I really love how they did that um, with, with all of it. So I, I felt that really tied into the concepts of Westworld because you can watch characters go from being nothing more than a cheap machine to being something you're crying over as they all att- as they basically commit group suicide. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, group sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's effectively suicide because they're destroying their core. They're crashed. They're destroying their satellite where their brains are stored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, Victoria. Total. Total spoiler alert. I don't there. care. I don't care. <laughs> if if you're listening to this podcast hoping to avoid spoilers, uh, <laughs> you've made a grave mistake. <laughs> okay, you need to cut that and put that at the start of, like, one of the episodes. Or all, yeah. or all of the episodes. <laughs> I, I find it interesting that they would seek to be human um, because, like, I guess because they're created by humans and humans are sort of the default... But I find it interesting what would be so valuable to them about being human uh, as as a robot. And, of course, that's sort of, in this case, up to the show writers and that. But in the real world, when we reach AI, like, the, that's a curious question of, you know, will AI actually value human, like qualities like being able to pet a kitten and feel your hand like through their fur um 
Wow. Yeah. It's I, fascinating. I just, and, I just dropped I love... into the text, the lyrics. Um, if you want to mm. take a quick look at those, cause I mean, it, it, it's, mm. it, it, when you read through it, it's fascinating. I mean, and, and I thought that really just tied in with the concept of Westworld where the androids, you know, the, the machines are becoming sentient and becoming mm-hmm. real. Yeah. I mean, the, that, that idea, you know, of exploring an android, exploring um, its desires to become human uh, or to feel more human is because for so many androids, they're designed to replicate humanity and the moment that their you know consciousness or their programming comes to the realization that they're missing the mark so to speak quote unquote um or that they feel like they're missing the mark um you know their programming is is kicking in to say hey i you know i want to experience these things i want to complete my what I was designed for but then you know it plays itself out in these ways where where it starts to be like okay well are they are they sentient are they conscious are they are they people are they human and more often than not in you know the things that we watch and and experience through mediums whether they be video games um near automata comes to, to mind for me mm-hmm. um and Detroit Become Human comes to mind, um, yeah. and then you're like Ghosts in the Shell in, in TV. But I also think of Data from Star Trek: The Next Generation. That is, yeah. that to me is the the biggest and first example of um, in pop culture um, an android constantly trying to step into the shoes of of a human. And there's this one amazing line. Where um, I want to say, so it's in Next Generation, and it's an episode that's that Spock guest stars on. Uh, Leonard Nimoy as Spock. If you're familiar with the character of Spock, he is a Vulcan and really struggles with. He's half he, half uh, Earthling, half uh, Vulcan, and so he struggles with the aspect of trying to to kind of keep on logic and bury emotion. Um, but he has, he struggles with it more because of his mother was human and his father was Vulcan. And Mm -hmm. there's this, there's this moment where he's talking with data about how much he appreciates data's, you know, ability to kind of keep things logical. And data mentions to him that the person that he actually longs to be most is like Picard. Uh, the captain, who is a human, um, because he he so strives for the human emotion, and mm-hmm. that's yeah. like all all he wants. But then there there's this character who has part alien, part human, who wants to be more like the android <laughs> because right? of because of expectations or because of you know that's just been ingrained into their mind that to me stuck out as a very kind of profound moment um because spock was always the the trying to be more android like more robotic yeah yeah in the in the star trek movies it's much the same way and in in ghost in the shell there's actually you know um there's only one person who's not enhanced from the main you know all they have is the slight cybernetic brain attachments um togasai um but like Bato asks Kusanagi at one point, why don't you just get a man? Why don't you just go for the male body? It's stronger, bigger, and it's going and it has more armor, so you're gonna have less damage. And you know, Kusanagi just kind of looks at him and shakes her head. It, it's yeah. um, I, I forget exactly what her response is, but it's basically, are you stupid? This is who I am. Why would I become mm-hmm. something I'm not? You know, and so there, there's yeah. this constant interplay of the cyborgs. Mm-hmm. versus you know each other you know their their mm-hmm. um relationships to each other um you know bato and togasai's relationship as you know togasai being you know squishy he doesn't have the the ability to you know tear his arm off trying to save to do something um and yet you've got what are effectively tanks you know four-legged tanks in the tachikoma 
that want to be more human. They want to be able to be in those kind of bodies, you know, that the that the cyborgs have. So it's it's very fascinating. Um, a lot of the undertones and the interplays, and I think the music um, mm-hmm. really helps be effective in that, um, simply due to the nature of uh, of everything. Yeah, definitely. I find it really interesting, and one of the reasons I love cyberpunk so much is how technology and that influences identity um when suddenly like you can have whatever body you want or you can have a body part that isn't human at all um have something completely different what does that mean and how can people express their themselves differently and then how can like in a robot like the tachikomas how, how did they express their identity, especially consider, considering that they are, like, built to model? Uh, they're, like, a, an assembly line robot. Um, and how did they then express their identity and what that means to them? And also what they what do they crave for identity? Um, and also, if, if we want to, like, get a, dig a little deeper, um, also, d- would that identity then be created by the humans that program them mm-hmm. and and that or do they have free will within that um which then brings up a whole rabbit hole of free will but uh, yeah yeah anyways it's fascinating i love how these cyberpunk topics can yeah. kind of explode it, it, it's <laughs> it, it's like data and before you know they, the tajikoma sometimes share experiences something one of them only one of them got to go on this mission so now i have to share that data with everyone you know and Hmm. in star trek data shares his memories and his experiences with before at the end of um the last movie Mm -hmm. right Hmm. yeah and and the continuation of of that you know so that it's it's not he's not eradicated in a way i mean he is because his body is gone but his his memories are intact and man i'm gonna i'm gonna need to have one of these topics this week be near automata or automata (laughs) however you want to say it um because that's that's some deep uh android uh stuff um as far as ghosts in the show goes i am I saw the movie when I was about 15. Mm-hmm. It didn't hit me. I don't think I was ready mm-hmm. for what the content was presenting at the time. So mm-hmm. it, I, it, it kind of bounced right off me, unfortunately. But that was almost 20 years ago. And so it's probably worth me going in to take another look. Uh, with that mm-hmm. said, the big standout thing to me is I kind of want to cosplay the main character because she is mm-hmm. super rad looking <laughs> oh god yeah yeah so yeah. maybe look forward to that in the future oh, that'd be so good yeah <laughs> i'm done with that <laughs> yeah, hot, yeah hot hot victoria pictures is always on the agenda mm-hmm. some may say perfect yes awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think um, just going back to the identity a little bit, the Ghost in the Shell movie is a great, also has a great extent, like the ending is all about that of what what does it mean to be a person to then, yeah. like, uh, the philosophical implications of the ending is still like, oh my god, uh, I'm still wrapping my brains around it and <laughs> my brains, multiple brains around it. Um. How many years but ago like, did you see yeah. it, and you're still wrapping your head around some of it? Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that like in I saw that first time. Gosh, I I couldn't have been um, probably closer to your age to the age you saw it, Victoria. You know, I think I was ninety um, seven. I think when I first saw it, saw it again in like gosh, two thousand, two thousand one, and I I'm still. I mean, I could, we can God, to dig into that. Yeah. I'm with you, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> one, one question I have for you, Jen, um, and, and Kaylee is if, 
if you were to recommend one of these properties to watch to in in hopes that somebody might get on board with more of it um what would be the number one recommendation for a ghost in the shell um property to watch so i think i'd have to go i believe it's standalone complex the first tv series yeah um two seasons of that tv series yeah 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 that that's where i started though i may have watched the movie first but to kind of really get into it in a more comprehensible way um, I think the movie is very kind of abstract and can yeah. be a little bit difficult to get into, especially coming from a Western perspective. Um, yeah. Where I think standalone complex is probably like hit, hits the most beats that you'll be familiar with and still goes hacking deep into <laughs> interesting topics. Yeah. Just the one the one thing I would add to that is don't get thrown off by like the intro thing because they use a weird 3D animation, which is not the actual animation of the series. Right. And the first few times I watched it, I was like, oh, this looks like garbage. I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to stop now. Um, <laughs> and then actually got past that. And it's like, great. Yeah. And the animation is just like any other anime. And it's, it's fabulous. Like, one of my favorite episodes is just like a Tachikoma going around, I think, helping a little girl or something. Like, yeah. find her family. And like... There is something so beautiful about that, and I can't, I can't think of another show that does something so like right. interesting, and yeah. like spending that downtime to just give this Tachikoma a story where it wanders around the city helping a little girl. Like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so well done. Um, I, I have to agree. Um, now, keep in mind there is a chronology, and none of the um, none of the properties um, involved in this actually overlap or rewrite the story of one of the others. Um, so, uh, a so it starts with chronologically, it starts with a rise, which is the newest series of properties, um, and that's that's basically uh, Kusanagi building her team. Goes to standalone complex, and then goes into Ghost in the Shell, um, the movie, and then uh, the sequel movie, which the sequel movie doesn't really hold up as well as the rest, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but same. But um, I have to agree, um, standalone complex is definitely the place to start. Um, season one is great. Season two delves even deeper and harder into the topics. Um, uh -huh. And oh god, yeah, yeah, definitely start with standalone yeah. complex. Yeah, it, it's one of those like shows that will just have you like jaw drop from yeah. like the cool things that it's doing and, and like it, yeah, it's it's seriously amazing. I, and I, you did I, the I bonus of Yoko Kano's music initially, so that all the rest of it you can say no, no, I can see where where Yoko would have done something a little different there. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love that feeling when you like start a new TV series and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I am so excited now because I definitely got that feeling with Standalone Complex, with Westworld, and most recently with uh, Chernobyl, uh, which is going to be a, probably my topic for next week, um, where it's just like you start start the the show and just like by a couple minutes in it's like yes i am so into this i'm so sold and just like and it just keeps going in i, I that's I such that a isn't that such i mean it, those times where you're like i just want that feeling back because it's such a high mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah. yeah and you can't is. and you're like and you're like if i could only go back and rewatch it as if for the first time or replay that mm -hmm. game as if for the first time but yeah. but you know then when you feel it again when you find when you find that show um or that movie or that video game mm -hmm. it's such a fun and good feeling and mm -hmm. it has over the course of time become a little more rare for me mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. but when it happens yeah i'm with you for sure mm -hmm. uh yeah but you can't you can't go back to that initial thing but then over the course of time you do build that nostalgia and then you build that warmth mm -hmm. and you get to experience it mm -hmm. in a different 
an equally wonderful way, but it is very yeah. different. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's also important to remember, like, oh, it, it, it's easy to look back and be like, yeah, this was amazing. I wish I could forget it and, rem and like, go through it again. But also, like, there's going to be things coming up that we haven't seen yet. So, like, new, new yeah. stuff coming out that is going to give us that feeling again. Definitely. And that's pretty darn exciting. We just have no idea what it is because who knows? When, it's, still, it's still on the way. When I was in my... Um, probably around between the ages of like 18 to 28 or so, uh, there was, there were a lot of times where I was getting into classic rock and, you know, a lot of older movies and things like that. And I was thinking, man, I wish I was, you know, this age during the sixties and seventies. So I could experience Zeppelin mm -hmm. when it first came out and the Beatles when they, oh, you know, yeah. first came out. But however, I learned to not despise the era that I was born in because mm -hmm. of that of that very thing that you just brought up Kaylee I mm -hmm. I get to experience the Beatles and Zeppelin now and and I get to experience yeah. things that have yet to come and things that are in the present and so um, I really mm -hmm. learned to just appreciate the fact that the whole catalog is available to me at this moment mm -hmm. um, yeah rather than Especially... wishing for something that mm -hmm you know isn't especially now since so much is saved like we have so many records from the past uh, oh, yeah. that, like we can get music from like a long time ago and just listen to it whenever the heck we want right um, yeah, it's, yeah it's really cool like you, we're just expanding the catalog of things available to us right you, you can you can go back and you can get Lou on you know Louis Armstrong doing uh, uh, one of the foundational works of what becomes American music, you know, the, the popular music of the age, and, and get to listen to him perform something like, um, you know, the, uh, you know, um, you know, St. James Infirmary Blues. I mean, getting to listen to that song performed by, 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 you know, Louis Andrew, you know, I mean, oh my God, Satchmo doing that is so amazing. And I get to hear that. And listen to it, and I get to listen to a new recording by like Hugh Laurie, you know. Okay, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, I you almost stumbled and said performed by uh, Louis Anderson, and I <laughs> was, I, I just started thinking about <laughs> Louis Louis Armstrong songs being performed by Louis <laughs> Anderson, and just that like, I did. just that from, that nasally you know, that that male version of Roseanne Barr like voice the thing is i live like 10 miles from where he grew up louis anderson yeah oh that's you're living the dream <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah you get to, you get to hear armstrong perform you know satchmo doing that foundational and you can get hugh laurie doing a version of it you know and, and it's you get to hear that that Im impression that somebody else gives of this foundational song and you can go back and listen to the original and be like, yeah, I can see where that, you know, and, and you can catch up on that. So you can like listen to these songs progress over the decades. It's kind of cool, Kaylee, that mentioning we have all that music together. Yeah, yeah. And most absolutely most importantly, though. Uh, we were born in the age of Cyberpunk 2077. And, <laughs> you know, what else can you want? What else could you want? You know, sometimes I, I, sometimes I even have nightmares and I scream. I, I wake up screaming because my nightmares involve Cyberpunk 2077 not existing. And I'm like, right? hot damn, how can I even function? And then, and then Bailey, you know, I'm waking up in a cold sweat and Bailey's like, sweetie, sweetie, what's wrong? And I look at her and I'm like, is Cyberpunk 2077 coming out still? And and then she says, and then she says, Cyberpunk 2077, what's that? And then and then I scream again and actually wake up from the actual nightmare. And Bailey's, oh gosh, Bailey's, Bailey's sound asleep and has no idea what Cyberpunk 2077 is. And then I just like Google it and then I calm down. So... And then watch the trailer another ten times before bed. Absolutely, and yeah, see, and then you're, and you're then all I see... lucky. Mine are just involved. All my all my nightmares involve electric sheep. So, ah, <laughs> mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
bringing it back. Jen Is giggles. This electric sheep dream of human androids. Oh. Electrical sheep's dream of androids. I don't know. That's a good question. Do electrical dream sheep dream of androids? Ooh. Oof. Do those electrical dream sheep androids? Dream? We're inceptioning the dreaming yeah. of electric do, sheep. Do the people? Do the do the beings in our dreams dream? Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. I, dr- okay. I dream a dream of my dream characters dreaming. I dream a dream. Mm-hmm. Is this how the multiverse happens? Mm-hmm. Probably. It's, oh. it's everything that Anne Hathaway was singing about in Les Miserables, the movie. But only in that version. Only that character in that version. <laughs> only mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway's character. Only Anne Hathaway's singing about that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm so, I, I'm ever the de- derailer. I'm like the minister. Of <laughs> I love it. Ca- we, we we have gone derailed from many a rails at the moment. We yeah. are we are in the ditch. I'm a I'm a I'm a a railroad tycoonist, uh, mad mad woman. <laughs> that that doesn't like their tra- her trains on rails. Oh, if I if we're I play... getting, we're getting them off the rails, these trains can go wherever the heck they want. If I play railroad tycoon, I fail, but I have the <laughs> most fun ever. Okay, cool. So I think that's going to wrap it up then. Uh, just so everyone knows, we do have an email now for questions, comments, and the likes. Uh, you can reach us at we happen to be trans at genderpositive.com. Um, so just send your emails in there and, you know, you can talk to us. Maybe we'll mention some of your comments uh, on the next episode. Uh, if not, just like cool questions oh it, it, it's all good just well, talk to us we will um, definitely do a answer your questions episode at some mm-hmm. point we just need yes, enough questions definitely. we we happen to be trans dot 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 mm-hmm. just talk to us that that just was the former us. name of this mm-hmm. podcast yeah. um <laughs> name changes every time uh-huh. <laughs> we've been there we'll do it again <laughs> Just please talk to us. We were please, desperate. Please, I need friends. Please. I need to feel human. Um, yes. So, so let's see if I can do this this week. Okay, we have, we have breathing, we have uh, androids, uh, and we have westerns. Okay. Um, hmm, I can do a cyborg. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Listener, I'll be your huckleberry. Make my day. A pop culture podcast. <laughs> I don't even finish that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording. Okay.